I'm qualified to handle a 45, an M16 rifle, 38 caliber pistol, and a Russian AK-47. An AK-47? <laughs> Why don't you join us? A lot of brothers from the war have. Baby, I got enough heavy shit to deal with. your sister, but still got to take care of my baby girl, Sarah. She can't run us on her way. Damn. Look, anyway, uh, I got this plan to make some money. I want you to keep this shit to yourself. At 6.15 a.m., the truck pulls out of the post office at 149th and Grand Concourse. Now it makes one stop before it goes to D.C., which is a mail drop-off at First Federal Loan and Savings, which is on Noble Street and West. Now, Kirby, you're gonna position yourself in a getaway car at the end of the corner where you can see everything. Jose, me and you gonna position ourselves behind the bank underneath the left and the right side of the loading dock. <sighs> Delilah, you're gonna position yourself inside the dumpster, which is located directly across from the loading dock. Now, Skippy, I want you to position yourself approximately 10 feet from the alleyway. There, you're supposed to look out. We all know what to do at the point of attack because we've gone over that shit enough. If anybody gets caught, just shut the fuck up and we'll keep your money. <laughs> fuck that shit, man. I'm telling you right now, if I get caught, I'm shooting my fucking way out. Put that shit there. I think we need another man on the street with Skip. Somebody coming to the other side. I agree. Uh-oh, man. Hell no. We don't need no another man. Shit, I can see. Besides, we got too many motherfuckers anyway. Fuck that shit, Kirby, man. Everybody trusts everybody here, right? I can get somebody from my organization. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want none of them revolutionary niggas involved. You can cut your eye at me all you want to. I ain't too keen on having that broad up in here, neither. Well, you the one talking about we need another man. Make up your goddamn mind. You have somebody in mind, Anthony? We might well put a motherfucking ad in the paper, then we gonna get everybody. Shit ain't gonna be no money left for a nigga. Y'all didn't know your reverend was a gambling man? A sitting man. I was a man who maimed. I was a man who killed. We all know it was done in the name of the wicked ones. The one that was uh, cast down from heaven. I said, Y'all know who I'm talking about. Can I get a hallelujah in this house of God? Well, look here, man. Skip is in, period, all right? I stand a lot to lose if this thing blows up in my face. It's the last time I saw him, he was shooting poison in his veins. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, he trying to shake that shit, man. 
He's still on drugs. And I still trust him with my life, Cleon. You remember that last battle? He froze up. For a minute. And then he broke out of it. And when he broke out of it, Dugan was dead. Come on, Cleon, you know that could have happened to any of us. Now either you in or you out. Which one? How much money did you say was in that truck? Welcome in to the Cinema 9 Podcast. Another episode, another adventure, a fresh movie to be broken down and analyzed in detail. It's a pleasure to have you aboard. My name is Michael Govier. You can find me on Twitter at MJGovier. If you want to talk movies, I love talking movies. And of course, our handle overall for the show, the Cinema 9 Pod, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Uh, anytime, anyplace. Check us out, Cinema 9 Pod. Gentlemen. How are we doing today? Travis Roy, how's Brighton? What's going on over there today? Oh, it's a rainy day here in Brighton, but Brighton is pretty well here in Michigan. I'm drinking a Roke Brewing Company. That's apparently Royal Oak. Uh, clever. Uh, Hopgazer, Nor- uh, New England style IPA. So I'm excited about that. And I'm wondering, did, did you re-record the inner world thing for this episode? Is it going to be a new one? Uh, I, I won't know until I hear it, but Every time it's like a it's like a new take on the inner world, and I'm really excited to see what it's going to be this time. I never change it. It's Lies. Lies. I'm not. It I'm... feels different every single time. I never change. I don't re-record it at all. Lies. No one it's believes not you. A lie. I mean, that's <laughs> fine. It sounds can... different every time. It's the same thing. Inner world. Right, Three but, men. But, you know, do risk you, it all. But do you do you say it anew each time, or do you have like a staple? No, because if I already have it recorded, I don't want to do it. I like. I like the way it was, so I guess it's all in my head. It sounds like it's the same. It sounds like it's different to me every single time. Like you're if you go it. back and listen to the episodes, okay, exact same words. Every it, well, it I know it's changed. the same words. I thought the script was the same, but I thought I thought you were re-recording it like almost every episode. Oh no, I don't re-record it. Uh, I sometimes I put a different. I play with the levels or maybe put some oh. effects on it. That's true. I'll give you that. Oh, okay, but I don't. I don't use a new voice and I don't re-record. So. That's the truth. I'm, I'm oh, I, I believe you. I take back my my lies accusation, and, uh, uh, and we can carry yeah. on. But I, I I do I do love hearing your your sweet tender dulcet tones saying it. 
Thanks. Yeah, I thought it was fun. It, it's simple enough. It works for us. And uh, I, th- you know, I like the base and uh, bones of our show. I think it's a good bones. Eric Brasham, you're in Griffith, Indiana. What do you think? I'm coming to you live from the Hoosier State, and uh, I was wondering a few days ago what what the hell a Hoosier is. Do you guys know this fun fact? Sure. I've heard it. I, tell us, though. I can't recall off the top of my head. Yeah, they're the literally, uh, who... literally no one knows what a Hoosier is. Oh. The <laughs> earliest factual, well, non-factual, substantial, whatever you want to call it, evidence of uh, it first being mentioned is one of the founders literally finding an ear somewhere in the city limits of town, holding it up and announcing to uh, like a surveyor, who's ear? And uh, <laughs> that was recorded somewhere. Get the hell out of here. That sounds like some bullshit, but I like it. You got to be shitting me. I never saw Hoosiers either with Gene Hackman and Dennis. I've actually, you know, I'm a big sports guy, as you know. I've never sat through and watched Hoosiers. I know the... I know the story because it's a real story about a high right. school team that against all odds pulls it off. So I don't need to watch it now, but it's been never been a time where I sat down and watched it. Would you rather watch Hoosiers or a movie about the who's ear story? I'd rather watch a movie about the war for Jenkins ear. That sounds like <laughs> or the war of Jenkins ear. That's a, that that's like a good one. The war, right. for Jenkins the, the, the war of Jenkins ear, little known uh, like English war, like in the late 1700s. I want to say, wow, wow. that sounds like fun. Ear films. Uh, yeah. Uh, did you guys know that we are focusing on uh, dead <laughs> presidents? That will be our main focus for the Does It Hold Up Today? Dead Presidents, 1995 film by the Hughes Brothers, starring Lorenz Tate, Chris Tucker, and many, many more. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm oh, looking yeah. forward to doing that. I do know what a Sooner is. I, you guys know what so- I know what a That's Sooner a, is for sure. Wait, is that... What state is that? Like that's Oklahoma. Sooner. Oklahoma. Okay. Oklahoma yeah, like uh, something to do with the land rush, right? Like uh, yeah, they, they got there sooner. Wagon covered, you know, forty Good acres call. and a mule. Blah blah yeah. blah. Friedman's yeah. beat off. So. <laughs> oh yeah, the not Friedman's quite... beat off. Classic moment in American <laughs> not, history. Not, not quite as romantic as who's here. <laughs> who's here is it? Why wasn't I told about this? Who's in charge? <laughs> yeah. Be careful. Be very careful. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the funniest uh, assessment about Batman. When he, how can he zoom in and get the audio so clear? It's a party full of people, and he zooms in. <laughs> the two guys are talking, you know, Come Commissioner here, Gordon bro. and his officer. Anonymous tip. It's like, how does he filter out all the crowd noise? There's a casino. There's gambling. I mean, there's a lot of he's action got, going he's got on the around tech, there. right? I mean, like, he's... he's, he's he can here. zoom in. Well, he's got a zoom in audio tech, too. I'm not familiar with that. When I was a kid, there was a spy tech stuff you could buy, and there was, like, this yeah. little gun with, like, a styrofoam thing that That's my it. older that. siblings put in the microwave and fucked up for me. Thanks a lot, guys. But, um, but yeah, you could, like, point it at something and 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 get, like, improved sound. So, I mean, if, if I had that as an eight-year-old, it stands to reason that Batman would have it uh, a better version of that i love that i had the exact same thing we used to use that all the time i also came with a blue light so it was before i started masturbating i would have used it for probably fuck around with that a lot because i was like 10 so we both lost our train of thought, Mike. But, uh, <laughs> for the, uh, I'm trying to think admit. of where the blue light is going to come. Like, I'm like, I, you know, I, I don't know how no. it works, but uh, I don't. It's just part of the spy package. You had the microphone. You had a blue you light. Used uh, to like, there was like invisible marker. I think you could use so you could like reveal secret messages and stuff. Or Sounds some kinky. Shit. Yeah, I don't remember the whole package, but I remember it being fun and it was a good time. And spy tech uh, takes me back. And 
Why? What's your favorite spy movie of all time? Not what's your favorite non-Bond spy film of all time? Oh, that's a great question. That's a great question. Hmm, I, I, you know, uh, the first one that pops into my head is uh, this movie. Um, oh, with Aiden Quinn. I have to look up the name of it. Um, Love Aiden Quinn. Vamp for a minute. I've got Love mine ready. Aiden. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. That's a good one. Really? Yeah. Take a hold up. Oh, it's a great film. Uh, Alfred Tomas uh, actually literally blew his fucking career after The Snowman with Michael Fassbender. Uh, terrible film. I do rem- I watched that movie and I, th- I was very impressed by it. That's a uh, that's another John Lecaire f- uh, novel, right? Yeah, there you go. There it is. Yeah. Really struggling to spell Aiden Quinn, guys. That's okay. Not easy. A I D A N. You know, yeah. if, if the audience is wondering why we're going off the rails, we are trying something new. We're just going to uh, chat a little bit about movies for a while uh, before we get into our main topic. Oh, the assignment. It came to me before I even got there. The assignment with uh, Aiden Quinn. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was this really weird movie. It's kind of like based on the Jackal, sort of, where like, uh, the, but it's, it's if the Jackal had a, uh, like a doppelganger and it follows like the doppelganger and Aiden Quinn plays like this guy that like is thrust into this situation where everyone thinks that he's the, the jackal essentially oh. uh 1997 it was really really good um yeah i never saw that you, one the jackal sorry. sucks uh no yeah not that jackal the jack well yeah the day yeah, of the jackal yeah, is funny. really good the, the jackal sucks I didn't uh, by the way uh, I, got, I got excited i'm sorry going back to spy tech uh, it also came with a camera that you could take like pictures of that, that made it seem like it was really cool. And in fact, if you go on Etsy.com right now, the original spy tech package is available. Wow. Which is, I didn't know if this is, it looks old. So I, I don't know how isn't Etsy like where you create things. I don't know Etsy don't that know. well. But, I didn't get the whole package. I just got the microphone and then it got microwaved. So well, I'm sorry to hear that. There's a mirror and there's a secret Still code book on information. So at any rate, yeah. You know, uh, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy. It was a good movie. It's a rock solid film. Really good. Uh, Colin Firth, solid. Yeah. Colin Firth is he a good actor? Oh yeah, he's great. Absolutely, he's wonderful. I love him. Yeah, watch really? him do anything. A single, uh, single man. One of the best performances man. of the uh, 2010s. Or single yeah. man. No, right. single man. No, you're Colin right. Firth. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Also, I mean, uh, Kingsman. He kicks ass in, in the Kingsman. But you know, you know, I liked him in I liked him in the Pride and Prejudice, man. I think he makes a a, a good what's his Mr. Darby, right? Like perfect yeah. Mr. Darby. Yeah. Um, he, this like, is two straight weeks that the Kingsman's come up, by the way. So now it's becoming a trend, like Paul Schrader. Well, I, I just genuinely like him in that movie. When I think of him, the first thing I think of is him kicking ass as, as a in the church. Like if I think of that's like that when I, he's had a long career and you say his name, that's the scene I think of. So there you go. Okay. Well, I, I can live with that then. Forgive just, me. He kind of seems a little bland. I mean, the King's speech was a big deal, and I know that was like yeah. his big blow up. Um, he underplays it, man. I think he's a really underplayed, nuanced actor that uh, you should take another look at, my friend. Okay, fine. Well, I'm going to do that. If that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. So, uh, we do, I'll do uh, it. Do it. In the end, society, it doesn't matter. Uh, we're going to talk about dead presidents. Does it hold up? That's going to be the main focus of our show today. Um, we're going to open, though. We're going to open with our quarantine viewing picks for the week. Usually we close the show, but we're switching it up. We're making changes. We're taking yeah. chances. And if you are a regular listener and you're pissed, send us an email, cinema9pod at protonmail.com, or send us a picture of your angry face on uh, Instagram. DM us a picture of your raging anger and bitter resentment towards any type of change. 
CinemaNinePod at ProtonMail.com, CinemaNinePod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, yada, yada, yada. That's Cinema9 so, underscore podcast on Instagram, just for the record. Right. Well, people aren't morons. They'll figure it out. So, Okay, uh, Travis. So we know you've been under uh, a lot of pressure recently, you know, a lot of work. Oh, yeah. And it minimizes your opportunity to watch films. But you last week, you made a dedicated claim to say things are going to be different this week. And I, I watched more movies last week, and I and I we've done it the week before, anyways. And I watched even more movies this week. Wow! We still a short enough list that I can read it to you, but still, I watched I watched some movies. Um, Hell yeah! I wa- and I started things off with a documentary, which I don't watch a lot of documentaries. I watched the After Truth documentary on HBO, which if you want a good roundup of the last like four years, but like not totally current events that were were like misinformation bled into real life and get real depressed about it, I'd recommend that if you feel like putting yourself through that uh i watched uh friday the 13th the final chapter i've been watching all the friday the 13th one at a time because i've never seen them before this is the first one i wow. straight up did not like at all i really just just kind of hated it is that the one with crispin glover no no i don't think so it was uh if if, if so uh, he blurred in with the rest of the cast but there was just there was just uh it was just a, I don't know. It was just there was no style or substance. It was just slasher and no motivation behind it, which is like, I mean, like that's him. I get it. Like, but like three was so good. I loved three so much that oh, I, uh, and, and and two was good. And I liked one. I liked the, like so. I liked all three, and especially three. So then four just felt like okay. I'm just like stabbing people now. I'm like, all right, when are you gonna get to the next scene? Stab them. Okay, so that was underwhelming. Um. Oh. I watched Acts of Violence from 2018. Was I'm blanking? Oh yeah. I sometimes I deliberately turn on shit that I know is gonna suck because I'm <laughs> busy, you know. So I threw on yeah. this like uh, this uh, Cole Hauser and Bruce Willis oh! movie. Oh Jesus! Yeah, Cole it, uh, it, it's about it was, it was like a action movie about like uh, sex trafficking. It was really like. Um, I could tell like on paper it probably looked good, but that wasn't great. I wouldn't recommend it. But I did watch The Bat from 1959. Uh, I've been trying to catch up on my Vincent Price movies. That the was Bat? Oh, man, give me a break. And last but not <laughs> least, I watched She Dies Tomorrow from this year. Which I wrote up a review on Instagram. Ooh, that, that was a great review. I almost pulled the trigger on that a couple weeks ago. So I'm not familiar. You watch so many movies I just don't know anything about. You watch like current movies that I've never heard of. So. I do. I try to. Well, I mean, you know, like you're uh, keeping the, up on cinema or something. I do try to keep up on current cinema. And you know what really helps is the Instagram film community that we're a part of, you know, like uh, following oh. all these other reviewers. And like you, you, I, I read them and a lot of people like a lot like She Dies Tomorrow is one I just kept on seeing other people kind of uh, pop up about. And I'm like, well, I'm going to check this out. And I had thoughts on it. And there you go. Uh, I'm happy to be part of it. All of us to be part of it. That is uh, interesting. I mean that community is is so big that I'm, it, it, I look at something like Rotten Tomatoes, which who the hell knows is putting up these reviews, and they have such a huge impact on the industry. But like you get real, like really good reviews from just Instagram folks, and like that you, I could rely on a lot more than just some of this stuff that they're saying, like the Tomatometer and all this bullshit. Like, like what even <laughs> is that? Like, who are these reviewers and stuff? Like, so like 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 for instance, like. Movies like Lady Bird that I I give a lot of shit, but like I would have never known how much that love that movie gets until I started like getting into the Instagram movie community because it just kind of slept in, slept walk in and out of theaters, and I didn't really hear that what? much fanfare. That's fucking ridiculous. That is, that is so, so dumb. dumb. You're really? very echoey. Why are you so echoey? Who's echoey? You are. 
Yeah, I, I am. Well, now I hear you. Everyone's echoing. What's happened? <laughs> who, who did something? Who farted? <laughs> Who's changed who the settings? Who did it? Who did it? Wait, it's over? It's over. Whoever did it undid it. <laughs> oh, thank you for undoing it. Thank you. Okay. Find that man. Find that uh, man. Find that by man. the way, Ladybird was like wildly praised and was like a up for awards and shit. So maybe you but just. Still, I mean, I'm saying people are still talking about it like every day, all day. And that was like five years ago. Uh, it's like stuff well, it like that. Three like, years ago. Like, three years ago. First off. Oh. So. But anyway, I love Ladybird. Anyway. So I, I feel like you're disrespecting it in a sense by saying the community is keeping it alive for some reason. I thought I saw it in the theater. And I was impressed, and I watched it again many times. And I think that it's a, you know, you guys know I like Bombeck, so it doesn't mean I have to love what Greta Herwig does necessarily. But I think Lady Bird is a real nice slice of life in a weird uh, Sacramento. No movies in California are ever made about Sacramento. So I think that was refreshing. Okay. Yeah. What have you been watching, Eric? I'm sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry for going off on a tangent. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just, no. This whole, this whole segment is a tangent. I just was, you know, moving us on. Uh, well, I got to tell you. Well, it's been, uh, been a busy week, but uh, I've been catching up on my South Park, and it occurred to me while I, while I was watching it a couple of days ago, like, there are only like it's really hard for me to like literally laugh out loud while like watching like TV or movies. Only I'd have to say two shows will make me literally laugh out loud. I'm chuckling. My wife's like, "What the fuck's wrong with you?" Curb your enthusiasm. I would I would chuckle until I'm crying in, in South Park, and well, uh, well, I'm well. glad I'm caught, caught up because uh, oh my god. I don't think Trey Parker and Mets don't get enough credit. I know they get a shitload of credit, but I don't think they get enough credit for being the satirical geniuses of the modern age, of the millennium, of the past 20 years. They are the satirical geniuses of America, period. I agree. I don't even watch the show, and I think they do. An, I don't watch it, but I think they do an amazing job, and I respect the hell out of their efforts. I, I do respect the hell out of their efforts. I think that they are great satirists, but I think that um... – they're one of the kind of satirists that sometimes they they I don't know that their message comes across as well as they mean for it to. And I think that some because people could like, you know, people loved Archie Bunker and people that were supposed to realize that Archie Bunker was a critique of them loved Archie Bunker. Sometimes like um, satire could just go over people's heads and they like internalize it and ends up like feeding into the very thing it's supposed to be mocking. And I think that like I mean, like they, for instance, have come out and like apologized for um uh, I don't know if they apologize, but they kind of express regret about mocking Al Gore over uh, climate change, for instance. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I just feel like there's some things that uh, I don't know. I, I feel like they, I like them, but I think they're also kind of problematic. But carry on. I think nothing's off. Nothing is off uh, topic when it comes to ripping everyone. And I think they rip everyone equally. So I'll, I'll give them that. Yeah. yeah. Well, something like in most of Norman Lear's shows back in the 70s were just straight up racist and people would just laugh at it <laughs> all in the family no it's, no norman lear is a like a i heartily disagree with that norman norman lear was a progressive voice that, that not a lot of people maybe some people didn't get archie bunker but i mean like consistently the work that he was doing was like pushing forward progressive like social ideas like like mixed race families and divorced families and well, i think maybe that's what eric meant eric was just saying that's that an interesting conversation, they're, they're, but like 
well, racism was included what because I mean, they were trying like, to change the conversation. Like to when you watch something like I completely Oliver. agree with Travis. So yeah, that's fine. I mean, that's a that's a very interesting conversation. He's when still watch, alive, by the way. Yeah, he's like 103. Living legend. Watch, I mean, you you can't watch. Let's just put it this way: you can't watch All in the Family without cringing, like almost all the time. I mean, it, the funny racist is very antiquated trope, and Archie Bunker is a. Is, just, just he's a racist. I mean, well, they brought the up. Point. I mean, he's he's supposed to be satirical though. Like that was always the that was always a point. And like, but it kind of went off the rails in some cases. Yeah. And some, you know, and 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 you know, and some people. Yeah, but that also led to other shows like Good Times and The Jeffersons, and those were groundbreaking programs too. So oh, yeah, there's a yeah. whole. Yeah, the intentions were pure. How you can't control your art necessarily once it goes out. So. This is true. I mean, and 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 I do think it's. Imp- I think satire is an important political weapon. Don't get me wrong. For totally. sure. Yeah. But that's about it. I mean, South Park, and I I caught up on Menace to Society nice. uh, in preparation oh! for this episode, and I I mean I got a lot to say about that, but I'm going to save it for our our meat of this of the show. Oh. Oh. Yeah. oh. <laughs> Isn't that big gay? Al? Is that what big gay Al used to do? Oh, is it? Was that? A, was that a I don't know. I'd rather be like Terrence Howard, be like, man, what's up, man? Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot man. to say about Terrence Howard of- too. <laughs> man, shut the fuck up! Yeah, he doesn't like uh, Lawrence Tate yelling at him. I'll tell you this. I, I'm still stuck in like South Park 1997 when I think South Park. And I imagine myself sitting on Travis's couch. That was one of the first times I ever saw it. The first episode. That's my, that's, I'm just stuck there. So. The, the butthole alien rectum thing comes uh, out of it. That's not, uh, yeah. And that's like American a million episodes. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening on that show anymore. But uh, did, that's okay. Did you guys ever see that documentary about how they make the episodes though uh, on South Park? I did. That was pretty it's interesting. Like, Jesus Christ, that the work that those guys do is fucking insane. That's how they can pump them out like and stay topical, right? On yeah. The weekly yeah. Uh, updates. Not like the Simpsons and Family Guy. They got to kind of do them all off season. So interesting. A lot of interesting stuff when it comes to animation. If you guys want to talk cartoons, uh, check out our sub show. This is a spinoff called Cartoons and Porno. How the two connect. We talk about it every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock p.m. So check that show out. Yeah, if you're one of those assholes that like watches like uh, like purple elf porn, call into the show. We want an explanation. There is no show called Cartoons and Porno. I was just kidding. All right. Hentai fans rejoice. Yeah, yeah we're ready to talk about it. All right, cartoon nudity. Let's settle in. Homer Hentai Simpson and Marge Simpson right. fucking. All right. Yeah, that- so my <laughs> so my choices. Hey, Lois Griffin bangs Quagmire. We finally get to see it. All right. No. Um, let's talk about what I watched over the last week. Let's. I want to take you guys back to the nineties. Remember Jim Takis's basement and a film that we watched down there, which doesn't make any sense for a bunch of young, horny male teenagers to be watching are we talking about the bear or dad no i'm going to talk about fearless (laughs) oh yeah fearless 1993 for some reason uh i was exposed to that in jim tagus's basement as a teenager and uh i'm not sure why that happened but i'm glad i I did i think that was me because i uh was obsessed at an early age with jeff bridges um yeah uh the big big fan 
I remember Chad Gibbons talking about it a lot too. That, so I, we all loved it. I can't say it was just me. I'm sure that yeah, uh, so good. We, yeah, anyway, I watched we, it. Uh, we really I need to do. Uh, I mean, if we're ever gonna do like a just just a director episode, I mean, Peter Weir has got to be up there for just a three hour long talk. What we just did that with good dead poets, the hut. I know okay. we need uh, to keep doing it. Anyways, if I hadn't seen Fearless since back in that era, and I'm like, mm. all I remembered was strawberries. <laughs> it's an important plot point. Well, strawberries oh, no. and a, it's not a, it's not a spoiler alert. There's a plane crash. That's like the basis of the film, which actually, this I guess is connected with that stupid ass movie Hero that Dustin Hoffman oh, was in. Geez, Remember that? Yeah. Gina yeah. Davis. Dude, it's not a stupid ass movie. It's a good movie. He plays Bernie LaPlante. That's a great. Class. That's a great movie. <laughs> Wait a well, great. this is good. Just, this is another in the long legacy of movies about the same thing that come out the same era: Deep Impact, Armageddon, uh, the two volcano movies, Dante's Peak. Um, you know, this I didn't know Joe that volcano. Joe, well, that was earlier, but sure, fine. You want to throw it in there? But uh, the point being is, I didn't know that uh, the Hero and this movie were like competitors, and apparently they used some of the same set pieces and a lot of the people who create recreated the the plane crash in hero they use that same thing for the plane crash in fearless at the beginning of the film in the cornfield wow. which was also based on the actual plane crash in 1989 in iowa so cool um just things i learned about the film and and uh, watching it now uh it's kind of a slog <laughs> I, I i mean it's a it's a powerful film of course but it's i don't know it wasn't um it sags in the middle yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I watched I it recently too. It it, yeah. it it was really emotional, powerful, emotionally powerful. I cried like twice while I watched it. Probably. But sure. It, sure. It definitely slumped around the middle. Like all that stuff with John Turturro. Like I love him, but it's kind of like, why is this still happening? This movie could actually be <laughs> an hour and fifteen minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Rosie I, Perez, best dimples in Hollywood. Uh, oh, I think oh, dimples, best dimples. Uh, definitely probably her best performance. <laughs> Uh, was either this or nipples? Best no, no, I didn't think he said that at all. Uh, but I'd say either this or White Men Can't Jump are her best performances. Who to start with the letter Q? <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, Fearless was interesting. Watch, I hadn't seen it forever. Uh, it was good to kind of pop in on that. Yeah, pop in. Uh, of course, I watched Dead Presidents, which we'll talk about shortly. And uh, I also, I just. <laughs> I, I still been watching that Friday Night Lights. I've been stuck on that. Um, but then I watched uh, Up in the Air. Yeah, I've, yeah. I, I just watched that every so often because I love that film. So yeah. good. Uh, yeah. Jason Reitman, 2009. Uh, George Clooney, Anna Kendrick. Uh, and I watched, um, what was it? Oh, I watched A Fish Called Wanda. I hadn't watched oh. A Fish Called Wanda in a while. I love it so much. It's so good. It's such a great film. So funny. I, me- I remember when it came out, I didn't, I'm like, what is this title? And I was like young. Cause it was like 1988 when it came out. And yeah. I remember being on like Cinemax or HBO and I'm like, what is this? I didn't understand it much until I got older, but it's a, it's a hilarious film. So who's behind that? Is that, is that like a money? John Cleese wrote it. And, yeah, uh, and it has and a I couple of the guys in uh, Michael. What's his face? Michael Palin is in it yeah. and John Cleese. And that that's it. As far as the, the gang is concerned. And, uh, and it's so funny. Uh, the movie that really made 
me a, a Kevin Klein fan, lifelong, still to this day, obviously, <laughs> bringing up Poppin on the show. Yeah, uh, but I, but he's but he's so good in that movie, and uh, and John Cleese also just so funny when I mean, he's speaking Russian and dancing around the apartment naked and all that shit. So fucking <laughs> yeah. funny, man. That's, uh, oh. Kevin Klein gets the Oscar for best supporting, and I remember hearing a, right. in the history of the Oscars. I mean, that was a big deal. Like com like comedy actors. Very rarely won the Oscar, but they could not deny it. And he had not done that much prior to that. Um, I mean, like, well, I mean, he'd done some pretty big ones. He'd done Silverado and he'd done the big chill. I mean, like he was. He Don't feel Grand Canyon later on. We love Grand Canyon. That was later on. That was later on. But like, yeah, he, he, he certainly had some 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 big moments, but like uh, he wasn't quite the like household name that he would become. I don't think. Larry Kasdan's endless dialogue oriented films. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Silverado is so good. Is it? I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah, is it? Yeah. I watched it recently. It holds up fantastically. And by the way, I wanted to go back to uh, downsizing. I know I talked about it last yeah. week, but you know what? There's a really, it's a great movie. It's really oh. got a hell of a message, and I want people to know that. And I think they should give it another chance. It's it's really about what's going on in our world now. You know, in the environment. And well, all those uh, things. If we're if we're doing uh, Mia Copas from previous episodes, I called Tom Wilkinson, Tom Wilkins, like six episodes back, and I still like maybe showering or brushing my teeth or something, like shake my head, be like motherfucker, Tom Wilkinson. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> These well, are the kinds I'm of glad, things that I do. I'm glad that you got that in there. Um, oh, I got it off my chest. I feel better. I also watched a stupid ass movie. Maybe you remember this: The Men Who Stare at Goats. Yeah, yeah, with, um, with George. George. <laughs> There's a lot of people in that film, and but, but um, mostly Mr. Clooney. He's a star, isn't he? It's directed by him. I thought it was his effort. He's definitely the star. It's him and Ewan McGregor, Kevin Spacey, <laughs> Jeff Bridges. Was not great, a great right? film. No. Not a great film. There was. It's got a weird title, and you think, "Wow, all these amazing actors are in it. It's going to be a lot of fun." But it's kind of like um, it reminds me of the Monuments Men. It's like these two powerhouse casts, and there's not a lot going on. What's the same director? I mean, Clooney, he had that, and then he did um, not Suburbia, but Suburbicon. Suburbicon, also, I didn't, yeah, which was really underwhelming. Yeah, yeah that wasn't I mean, that wasn't great. I mean, he, I love Good Night and Good Luck, but uh, yeah. oh, the two thousands for Clooney were huge. Good Night and Good Luck, yeah, and, uh, Michael Clayton and all those things yeah. were. But uh, whew, where's George? Where is George? Well, his buddy Grant Hesloff directed the men who stare at goats. And oh, Grant Hesloff, by the way, was the guy who was the cameraman in True Lies. He plays the guy who's undercover and. He's the photojournalist who pulls a gun. And he works for uh, Charles Schwarzenegger's team. I remembered his face quite well from True Lies, by the way. So. Oh, all right. Grant Hesloff. This is the Grant Hesloff show. Okay, so, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, I got a couple on the list that I'll be hopefully be able to talk about next week, uh, including The Machinist, which I've never seen. So I'm, oh, gonna, I'm going to watch that for uh, our next show. Right after you finish Heaven's Gate? Yeah, well, we'll see. I haven't felt the urge to fire it up just yeah, yet. So, um, really? But now I'm also more motivated. I still have to watch The Last Detail, The King of Marvin Gardens, and oh, Five Easy Pieces. So Definitely I got to watch Five Easy Pieces. And yeah, start, oh, well, I was going to say start with King of Marvin Gardens. But. Oh, I'm going to watch them all. I will. I just, they're all available. I got them now, and I'm, I'll be getting to them soon. All so right. Stay tuned in further right. weeks for those breakdowns. Well, this is Cinnamon Eye Podcast. Guess what time it is? <gasps> time to settle in. About that time. Oh, boy. Take a look at a film with detail and thought-provoking analysis. <laughs> 1995's The Dead Presidents. Is it The Dead Presidents? It's, or no, dead presidents? Dead. it's just that you fucked it up. You fu Can we start over? 
right, three, As a matter of fact, two, you, have, you have to say it like Keith David. Dead presidents. Remember the trailer? Dead, Dead presidents. He doesn't say it in the movie, though, does he? I believe no. he narrated the trailer because his voice is so. Yeah, but they awesome. cut it out for the movie. Yeah, he doesn't say yeah. it. I don't believe it's ever said. I don't think. Anyways, for that moment. Yeah, the movie's Dead Presidents by the Hughes Brothers, 1995. Boy, this was an interesting choice by Eric Brasham. Kind of surprised me. Very excited that you chose it. I love this film. I've watched this film 8,000 times. So I'm ready to talk about it and go in all directions. To the Bronx. Yeah. To young blood who couldn't be with us today. Lance Corporal Martin. The Lance Corporal Martin. Yes. Your hand, man. What they been putting in your head out here, man? I mean, you done got into this shit a little bit too deep, don't you think? You in a recon now, Skip. You in deep, too. Man, fuck this shit, man. Come on, man. Man, this ain't our war, man. Shit, our black ass should be back in the Bronx where we belong. Joe ass got lucky they sent him home getting wounded and shit. Heard he wounded his hand pretty bad, man. Shit, that's all right, though. He got out of this shit. I'd rather be home with a fucked up hand up in some pussy than to be out here healthy than a motherfucker without it. Shit. Same old skip, boy. You ain't changed. That's right. You heard from Juanita? She used to write me a lot during my first tour. Turns out, man, before I left, <laughs> fucked around and got her pregnant. Man, you bullshit. No, I ain't. No shit? Damn serious, man. Got a little girl back at home. Oh, man, that's groovy, man. That's groovy. I can dig it. That's cool. Hey, dig, man, I know you got a picture, man. Let me see a picture. Shit. Can't even look at him, man. Man, what the fuck you mean, bro? That's your little girl, man. That's your baby. You know how I survived 26 months in the bush? Because I don't think about the world, Skip. That shit don't exist to me. I don't give a fuck about anything or anyone in it. Because the minute I do, I'm a dead man out here. And you remember that shit. We'll talk about the world when we get back. Yeah, whatever, man. I'm finna go get high. I mean, real hard. And I'm gonna get my dick sucked, too. But Eric Brasher, take the lead, my friend. You were the one who chose it. And do you remember the first time you saw it? Take us back. Let's go back in time. I got a hot recommendation in the late 90s. Uh, I had never seen Menace to Society, American Pimp. Uh, I, I didn't know who Hughes Brothers were, so I, I, I checked it out. thought it was just this heist movie. And the one thing I remember about it was the heist. So returning to it and seeing how I won't get too much into it right now, but seeing how much more there is to it aside from the heist really surprised me. But that first time I just, it really remember it sticking with me as, as uh, just something I'd never seen before. We, 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 it it was very rare for me to have seen a, a period piece with a predominantly black cast. It wasn't, you know, about this or that. Um, so it really stuck with me and I remember being really impressed with it and I, I think it came out at a, at a, at a really cool time, but haven't watched it in 20 plus years. Wow. Interesting. Travis, I know you saw this film back in the nineties cause I'm sure we watched it together once. 
that, uh, more than likely. I um, I was a pretty big Menace to Society fan. I had I had bought the VHS of that, um, and uh, Dead Presidents was one that I was excited for when it came out because I was because I liked Menace to Society so much. So I, I think I may have even seen it in theaters. I can't remember for sure, but I know that that was another one that I bought the VHS of. Wore it out. I listened to the soundtrack on my drive into work this morning. Actually, my drive into work and my drive back to, from work. And yes. um, and I owned that CD when I was a kid, and um, like that movie introduced me. You know, as being this white boy from like suburbia, that introduced me to so much music <laughs> that I would never have been exposed to otherwise. Like it made me like a fifteen-year-old or maybe even fourteen-year-old fan of like Al Green, and I started listening to yeah. like you Curtis know, Isaac Hayes, right? Like like some of the stuff that you know. And I, I remember I got like the Pure Funk CD later. I got really into Stevie Wonder. Like I think it kind of like opened some doors for me musically that uh, I may not have gotten into in quite the same way. And uh, and as far as the movie itself goes, like it definitely was one that I wore out. And yet at the same time, when I sat down and watched it the other night, it had been so long. Or actually, last night it had been so long since I'd seen it. It almost felt like it was new. And uh, there it I'm is. Trying to talk about it. I mean, I feel exactly the same way. Interesting. Well, gentlemen, uh, I remember watching this movie. I didn't see it in the theater, but as soon as it came out of VHS, we used to watch it all the time. It seemed like somebody always had a copy of it, and this was a staple of my uh, my youth, my youth film, I mean, my late, you know, junior year, senior year, even watching this film when we could, because I re- just loved the film. I thought it was so interesting and engrossing. Sure, the the music's fantastic, great soundtrack, uh, but the story. I found intriguing and somebody who was really into history at that age when I was a kid, I found the movie to be historically fascinating as well. So yeah, it it was definitely hit me big and I'd actually hadn't seen menace to society. I just went right to dead presidents. I saw menace to society after the fact. And of course I became a massive fan of that. I think I like that one even more, but that's Mm. a story. We don't have to compare. We can enjoy them individually, but uh, do we know? Did you guys look it up? IMDb. What do you think this thing rates in at? I didn't look it up. I I hope high. I'm gonna say eight two. Eight two. I'm I'm expecting pretty low. I'm gonna say six nine. Oh, dead ringer six point nine. Wow. Holy shit! I swear I didn't look it up. Wow. Oh, How about that? Well, that is up. unfortunate, Travis. The people I mean, are wrong. Are, now, they why, are they? Any reason you think that might be, Travis? Just off the top of your head. Uh the racists. No, I'm kidding. Bye, guys. See you next week. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, they're out there, and they're on the internet too, guys. Watch out. I, I I think that um, okay. Real talk. There are moments of this movie that feel a tad derivative of others. Um, like there are definitely some Scorsese kind of feeling moments. And there's even like a very like I mean like a helicopter filmed in front of a sun. Okay, anyone could anyone could do that. But you throw it in Vietnam and you get these major Coppola vibes. But at the same time, this movie feels like no other movie I think I've seen before or since in terms of um, like a coming of age story and not just seeing a really vivid and detailed character arc in a main character, but all the characters all go through like a massive arc. They change every single one of these characters changes throughout the course of the movie. And, um, and while the, the, the plot sometimes feels a little meandering uh, in terms of development of character, I, I can't think of a lot of movies that go a lot better in terms of yeah. dealing with like ensembles. 
Okay, oh, well, that makes shit. well. It's uh forty four percent from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes. That's just harsh. Yep. That is yep. very harsh. Is it? I think forty four. I think is a little harsh, but uh, we could talk more about that soon. Uh, but it gets a seventy eight from the audience, so a big bump from the audience. The audience seems to enjoy this film rather well. Critics, not so much. And as far as the reviews, our old pal Dustin Thompson said way back in the day, unfortunately, comma. So it's already off to a rough start. Yeah. The story manages to be intense and very bloody, heartfelt and superficial all at the same time. Kind of what Travis described there in a How sense. How is that a actually. bad thing? I mean, <laughs> well, I, I don't know that I would agree that it's superficial, but there are moments that, and especially Vietnam, that's that's the roughest patch of the movie. Feels a little cliche in some places. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No doubt about it. And then our old pal Roger Ebert back in the day said, here is a film that feels incomplete. As if it's last steps into thin air, scene by scene, you feel its skill, but you leave the theater wondering about the meaning of it all. Oh, God. oh I disagree God with bless that. Roger. He nails it. Oh, I disagree with that. Wait, I thought the yeah, why? I, I, yeah, why, why? What, me or Eric? I think it I, flirts with so many themes. It absolutely bites off more than it can chew. It attempts to attack so many themes. It never, none of them really, personally, None of them, for me, really connect. They get close, they're introduced, and that's about it. They show them, but none of them leave much of an impact on me. Um, yeah, I think I, I think Roger has a little bit of a point, but uh, you know, I'm 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 nervous but excited. I don't want another almost famous situation on my hands, <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna do my best here. I might be the underdog. This is your pick, buddy. I know. Uh, I know. And Tra- Travis, your quick response to Roger. Um, so to me, uh, a lot of what's happening in this movie deals with two real, like, like two sides of a really important and major uh, issue in American history, which is the consistent and unfair treatment of black people. Um, in particular, um, like in the Vietnam era, like the, the, the draft, like, like you were far more likely to be drafted if you were black or Puerto Rican, for instance, um, very disproportionate and uh, and this movie shows how like uh the kirby character lawrence tate's character was like used up and ground up because he was one of the few people that really even wanted to be there and wanted to contribute and you see like this uh this this pretty well-intentioned person um change from his experiences and become a bad person and ultimately um he has no accountability for the uh, terrible choices that he makes as an individual. And it's like this weird conflict between the fact that like he has been wronged by the society that he is a part of, but at the same time, like he, his attempt to get his from, from society is not justified. He's a, he's a murderer. And, um, and, uh, and it kind of like, I think it's bold to like, look at both sides of that to be like you can be fucked over by society and at the same time like that doesn't give you the right to um to just take and do however you want to do and i thought that was a pretty bold uh uh statement i i think that's very wise and you know just to get another perspective before we move on from the reviews the critical reviews let's get a female perspective karen james of the new york times said like those overreaching sophomore term papers we can all laugh at now <laughs> This disappointing film may free the Hughes brothers to move on to fresher, more inspired work. Maybe, just maybe. And lastly, <clears throat> close, 
to, cl- <laughs> to close it out, uh, let's check in with our old pal, Taco the Hut. Um, isn't that his name? Taco the Hut? No, just kidding. It's Peter Travers. Uh, Peter Travers says, what emerges is an uneasy blend of didacticism and juiced up bloodletting. The brothers don't know when to stop with the exploding squibs. That's oh, give me a break, Peter. That bury the film's message and it's good intent. Wait till he sees the- Django Unchained. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the oh way God. before. This actually was his review was written right around the time. Oh, it was before Kill Bill Volume One and Two came out. This is two thousand one. So, Peter, it's about the Vietnam War for a half hour. There's going to be some blood and violence. I hope you can handle it. I'm yeah. I'm glad you gave us a review from a female perspective because the entire film is lensed by. Uh, Lisa Rinsler, who also did incredible work on Pollock yeah. and Trees Lounge. She shot videos for oh. Paul Westerberg. Oh, Travis loves Nick Trees Lounge. It's good Nick movie. Cave. She does a she does a respectable job for sure. Those dark scenes. I just she did Menace I just, too. I just in Menace. I I love when they they shoot these movies with these black blacks, like these dark dark movies. You don't see them at all nowadays because of digital photography, but. For me, everything needed to be just a little bit more grimier. Everything's just a little too clean for me, even in some of the ugly scenes. But uh, that's an overlooked cinematographer that I think deserves more respect. Not enough bugs like buzzing around that chopped off head that was in a bag. <laughs> it looked a little too slick and, uh, and clean for me. Every costume is perfectly clean. I don't know. You know, I was thinking little... of Lisa Rinsler's work as I watched the movie, too, because I was thinking of not just to be a, a, a woman cinematographer now, but in 95, like um, yeah. when you're a minority, with like I know fuck all about that. But um, as I understand it, uh, you know, you 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 have like it's it's not fair but like you generally like to to, to be even at, like to, to sit at the table you have to be like working harder and, and better than than the most and like the work that she does in this movie i think is significantly better than a lot of of the cinematography from the mid 90s i think that the movie looks fantastic i do agree that some of the um set decoration type stuff like like um the the pool hall for instance does feel very much like a set the um uh the vietnam era part stuff kind of you know like it feels kind of like a set there like there there are some some like i I think that but i think that the failures aren't 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 hers or necessarily the hughes brothers i think there's some some production design problems with the movie but overall early early uh bronx looks fabulous i mean yeah overall there are parts that look really authentic and good yeah like the the way it's shot and the way that that once again, we got a lot of quality efforts from everybody involved in the film. Even if you didn't like all the areas of it, all the you know, the Vietnam part. I like the Vietnam part. I think it's uh, I think it's different. It doesn't like go through some of the the boring details that some of these movies get caught up in. It just kind of gets. Yeah, but no? you, just get, you get Michael uh. Imperioli and Clifton Collins Jr. to show up just to die. And it feels yeah. like it feels like and, Tropic yeah. Thunder. It feels like fucking it, Tropic Thunder. It's yeah. That's in in my opinion. That's one of the 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 weaker parts of it because of the aftermath of it. I mean, yes, I my head is off because uh, like what three hundred thousand black soldiers were in Vietnam, and the cinematic representation of that fact is pretty sad. You get like fucking Bubba and like Dorian Harewood in in Full Metal Jacket, and not much else. so my hat's off to them for showing that their impact on it and their sacrifice on it. But what does the Vietnam stuff do for this story? Hey there, Kirby. 
What's happening back in the world? You hadn't heard during my second tour. We spend most of our time living in the bush. Kind of numb to everything out here. Trying to keep my head clear. A lieutenant is this crazy white boy named Duke and from Ohio. He's good at getting us out of crazy situations. We got this one wild ass brother out here named Cleon. Fuck. His daddy's this big time preacher, but you never know from his crazy son. Now you're good. Now Jesus loves you. He's from Mount Vernon. Oh, yeah, you won't believe it. But Skip volunteered for my unit. I don't think he's cut out for recon. He's always getting high and shit, trying to keep his mind off things. Me, just trying to take it one day at a time and do what's right. Whatever that is. See you when I get back to the Bronx. Anthony. It's 25 to 30 minutes. It what changes him. Incredible. Uh, okay. Okay. Thank yeah. you for saying that. How? What does he learn from? How? The, the, what? Look what it, he went through. Okay. When he comes back from the war, it's almost like he's coming back from summer camp. He comes back, he's all smiles. He doesn't seem affected Are enough from the war me? for me. There's an okay. undertone of I'm anger put, and like pain in there that okay, he I'm putting doesn't want to talk about that stuff at all with uh, when he mother, comes back. Can't look at his mother in the eye. Won't talk yeah. to his father, even though his father is super supportive. He's, and this yeah, has a, this has a really, I think, a good right. dream right. sequence in it. Um, oh, with, dream sequence alert! I know. But I, mean, always, I thought it was a good dream sequence because I think it really, like, for a, a snippet, it drives home the PTSD and the and his trouble adjusting because it shows both his he's at work, but it's like still war. And um, I thought that, I thought that I thought that that was handled pretty well, actually. For I mean, for it's a two-hour yeah. movie, you can only shove so much shit in there. You want to make the movie about PTSD? You want to make the movie about the bank? And there's a lot of ground covered here. Yeah, that might be um, the problem, maybe. Which might stuff. be the problem sometimes, but it, it's it's like I mean, like. So that was what I was wondering as I before I watched the movie. I'm like, is it a period? It's a period piece, I guess, but it's a coming of age story more than anything else because he we we get Kirby Anthony Kirby's character from about 18 to about 23, 24, I think. Um, mm -hmm. Some pretty crucial years. And uh, at the end of the day, like we don't get to delve into some of the other things as much as we would like, like, like the, like the, the Nat Turner cadre, for instance, like the, the Black Panthers kind of thing, the group that he <clears throat> kind of flirts with. I mean, there's all kinds of fun stuff that we kind of like get, a, we get alluded to, but it's not about that stuff. It's about this dude and it's about his story and his change and the people in his life and, and the changes that they go through that, that, that are forced upon them by circumstances and some really poor choices. Yeah, I think they do a good job with Chris Tucker's character when he comes back from the world, the Bokeheim Woodbine character when he comes back What from about the, the guy from Unforgiven with the giant bump on his head. James Wolfett actually <laughs> does a really good job. He was a fucking joke. And I'm forgiven. I'm like, where the fuck is this guy? Who is he? He's actually pretty good as Lieutenant Dugan. But I'm sorry. When Lorenz Tate's character comes back, he's he's smiling. He feels like he just got back from some like stuck in me. one scene, like the initial post-Vietnam scene the where heist. it flashes forward. What does he learn from the the sacrifice of the Michael Imperial? What is even the point of that that part if he's not going to learn something about mercy and sacrifice? 
He doesn't do anything to stop things when he starts seeing people dying in the heist. He's not a, a when Delilah kid. dies, he's devastated. Remember, he's he not keeps better... holding her and he's like, Come on, bro, we gotta go. Like he's holding her at the he's devastated. It's not he feels enough. terrible about that. He's not but... a better strategist because of his experience in Vietnam. I I, I don't know. So, so here's, here's, here, here's the thing. I mean, I think the maybe the reason it's not enough for you is because you want to see this character grow as a person. You want to see him become a That'd better be nice. person. Well, but he doesn't. Change. No, he, he this does movie change. ends on a shit note. Uh, it, it ends on a fucking shit note. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and he does change, but he doesn't improve. He gets worse as a person as the movie goes on. He starts off as a pretty pure soul. And as a movie, like by the end of the movie, he's a straight up bad person. And um, and that's not easy to watch or easy to sit with for two hours. But I don't think it was poorly executed. I certainly don't think there was no change because, I mean, like, I think there's a very I think there's a very gradual uh, but drastic change that takes place in this character throughout the course of the movie. Absolutely. That's my point is like, how I wonder how this tested and did it were the people pissed that were making this overall, like the studio execs like, wait. This can't end like this. But I'm like, well, how else would you expect this motherfucking movie to end? I mean, it's this is how it has to go because his life has completely fallen apart. He's given everything. He thought he gave everything to his government, I, I to think, his people, and expected something in return. And he didn't I, get that. I think that the movie needed like um, a white friend to have an arm chopped off and then like a white friend to end up as a prostitute. And then you'd have yourself like a classic American Hollywood ending. <laughs> requiem, requiem reference. Requiem yes, reference. I see that. I see that now. <laughs> yeah, I I just, find this. It doesn't look, have to end on a good note. It, you find it. What? I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt. I don't think that's an argument, right? Like we could all watch films where we're not looking for happy endings necessarily. It's bold. We're looking for a well-told story. So if we're talking about a well-told, executed story from every angle, from the you know the production and the writing, do. We think that this movie does a good job of that. Let's let's start to take a look at that. I mean, is, what do we what do we love about this film? First, we said we said we love the cinematography. We thought she did a great job. Uh, the the reds like when they're remember when they're young and it's high school like makeout night and it's all that mm -hmm. red ass room and that looks really yeah. Cool. Look and then with Chris Tucker, uh, when they find his body, that bright green of yeah. green's on. Green is on the TV, I believe, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like black and white TV, but, but right. Yeah. But it's like this green representation onto him with his eyeballs. It's beautiful. That looks incredible. I mean, it's not a lovely thing to look at, but it's well executed. So we we covered that. But what do we love about this movie? Well, we. We need to talk about some of these performances more. We haven't discussed Keith David, for instance. Keith David in this movie is like it, he, he's exactly how you want him to be. Like it's like the quintessential <laughs> Keith David movie. Like I'm a big fan of his work. I've always liked him. Uh, yep. You know, since uh, Men at Work, <laughs> fucking, <laughs> I could say I could recite the whole Keith David like uh, Vietnam Shit. PTSD speech from, from, from the thing, man. The, but I know I, I I wish I was cool and be like the thing or Spawn, which I like those. I love those. Yeah. But like the reality is that what made me a fan was Men at Work. But um, he's so uh, badass in this movie. I think he's grab the uh, long leg, me motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, he, he's definitely like, um, and as a character, I find him uh, kind of fascinating in the role that he plays for uh, Anthony Kirby because, like, right. Kirby like clearly sees him as a father figure, but like 
what's wrong with your dad, dude? Like your dad is so chill and accepting and um, yeah. like, doesn't put any pressure on you and just sits there and eats his dinner. Um, like, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it seems like uh, it's funny to me because like, again, it, it gets into bad choices. Cause, cause um, mm -hmm. Keith David's character is as alluring as he is. He's not a good person. He punches but women and he, and, and he, you know, he attacks people. I think he does a great job in it. And the thing about uh, that I like about his character is he doesn't, you know, pressure uh, uh, Anthony into anything. He he stands there as a mentor, says, look, I don't I don't have work, but I can offer you this. Take it or leave it. And he's not saying, hey, this guy, this, he's perfect. You know, he's he's this, he's that. He just offers it that as a choice. And mm -hmm. and they didn't well, have a lot of choices with any type of work, especially after they came back back from the war. So there's not a lot of stereotypes in the film, which I think is a, a huge positive. And every time I think of a kind of a negative thing about this, I, I think they, they're in over their heads. But these is 24-year-old filmmakers, and I think they do a shitload uh with 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 what they what they offer here for us and that's one of the big ones yeah damn. 20 fucking four so for all the problems i have and i have a lot i can't say much these fuckers are 24. let's talk about chris tucker for a second though wait 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 oh okay i want to talk about the huge mr. No. oh mr david i want to talk about keith david yeah not david this. keith by the way for those of you out there listening not david, david keith, keith of heartbreak hotel uh david keith of uh raw justice where he bangs pamela anderson so great nudity <laughs> in that movie check that one out raw justice <laughs> <laughs> David Keith. why don't you tell the people more about your masturbation uh, rituals michael they all they all want to hear it tell us about the celebrities you jerk off to uh, no i don't want to talk i'm not masturbating to it. I, I respect <laughs> raw justice as a film it's beautiful oh, you don't masturbate to raw justice it's got a uh, Ted Hayes in it from Airplane. It's amazing. Ted Hayes, Pamela Anderson, and David Keith. All right. Well, what Keith David? I, I thought oh, we were let's go back to Keith David. David. So yeah. Keith David was introduced to you by by Men at Work. Same year, I was also introduced to him, but in a different film, Marked for Death. Steven Seagal oh. and Keith David take on this Jamaican like uh, war, yeah. like like criming underground and uh, they go head to head it's just the two of them and that was when i first got to know who he was and i really enjoyed that so i just want to make that note okay done with that i you want to talk about chris tucker but i want to talk about lorenz tate i think lorenz tate did an amazing job in this you can talk about them both i think that lorenz tate gave an extremely nuanced performance and as i watched this movie i'm like why didn't he star more why did he i thought he carries the movie pretty well he's a little meek in some places but he's supposed to be that's um, what I said. Uh, yeah. I said that uh, to Eric earlier in the week before the show. Yeah, I was like, Lorenz Tate seemed like a budding star in the making. With you, there's Medicine Society role, which was like a breakout role for him. He's yeah, fucking hardcore. And then in this film, he shows a little bit of a different side to him, like a like he is battling internally with this uh, everything he sees and what he does and trying to do the right thing. He becomes a bad dude, and he expresses such through his eyes and his body language and his actions of course yeah. by being physical and with with many people and killing people but he had a battle internally and i thought he did a great job of showing that with everything that an actor has at their disposal you know body language face everything <laughs> the words the the intonation i thought he used a full repertoire and to me i'm like wow this guy's the real deal and chris tucker is amazing and chris tucker had friday come out this same year so it was like right. the chris tucker explosion with both of these films i don't know which one came out first in that year but whatever friday pre was the one that made yeah What's um yeah i um with with 
sorry, with, with Lorenz Tate, um, I think that like, uh, he, yeah, I think he gives a really like you, you sense him age as a person. Like he, he becomes a man over the course of, of, of the movie. He's a 20 year old actor, but he plays like 18 to 24. And like, you get like, you get that feel of him changing. Um, but speaking of like nuance and performances, like, this movie really disappointed me that that Chris Tucker like didn't take off as a dramatic actor because like it seems like Friday and this came out the same year and like it was like you could you could do nothing to lose and you could do rush hour and you could like go that route or maybe you could take like a money like talks a, well, money to talk sorry nothing nothing to lose with Martin <laughs> Lawrence and Tim Robbins my bad um, but I mean They're the same movie just for the record but yeah I know that's why, that's why I get him confused <laughs> although uh, nothing to lose has that great scat man uh, scene where uh, Tim Robbins's pants are on fire and I'm a scat man is playing anyways um yeah, it's a very important scene in American history but uh Chris Tucker's when so he cuz so uh Lorenz Tate you know Kirby comes back from the war he finds Chris Tucker like knotted off in front of the uh in front of the shop there and like Chris Tucker kind of animates and comes to life and like walks around with him that moment when he when he walks him off he's like oh hey everything's like blah 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 and then like it, the camera stays on chris tucker for like just a beat after the scene is over and you can see like the facade just drop from his face and he turns and walks away and like you realize like yeah this guy is fucking like he's not okay he's depressed like this is not like he can only, only for like the best friends in his life could he even like put this mask on for it everybody else like it's not yep. even gonna bother that's a good point. I completely agree with that. And you know, Chris Tucker did this in Friday '95, and he goes on to do Money Talks and The Fifth Element, and he gets to be in Jackie Brown in a smaller role. Well, that's a, great in that yeah, Beaumont. Beaumont, you know, Livingston. And uh, can I move that ten thousand dollars for Beaumont over? Jackie? <laughs> they, could no. have, yep. they could have done so much more with the the skip character because, especially in that this is this. Um, attempts to be a really an epic film uh and and you get maybe a couple of lines from skip when it talks to before they go to the war and you know we all know that they're muhammad ali lines but i wanted to hear more about these characters and what they were thinking of before they went off to war um and i don't know what well he talks about that he talk, they talk about that before his they grandfather go off was war. a pimp his great-grandfather was yeah a pimp. this is well exactly. yeah they have they have that whole discussion at the, you know, when they graduate high school at that party. So did you forget about that or? Well, it's not going to forgive me for this one. I'll tell you what, Reverend. With this kind of money, you can buy your way in heaven. That's where you're wrong, brother. We done bought our way into hell. The plain fact is that I promised the Lord I would never sin like this. Tell you the truth, I'm not sure I even want any of this dirty money. Well, I'll tell you what, Rem. We'll find something to do with your share. Hey, man, did that shit? No. No, 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 no. I'll take the money. Lying sack of shit. I'm sure the Lord will find another way for me to do my penance. Just tell me one thing, Cleon. Why the fuck you didn't grab the cop? You killed him. A young brother. If you wouldn't have froze up like a bitch, maybe I wouldn't have had to do that shit now, wouldn't I? Well, just shut the fuck up. Man, Delilah. Man, Radio said they got Joe's stupid ass. Fucked it up. The whole plan was fucked up. We ain't do shit right out there, man. 
shit. Y'all make sure that Jose share goes to Body Salt and his kids. Done. Your chunky ass really messed up out there. Don't blame me for your fuck-ups. I told Anthony I didn't want nothing to do with a crazy, devil-filled junkie. What? Are you listening to me? Look at him. Oh, shit. Now say some more shit. I'll knock your ass right back down, fake-ass wannabe preaching no members having motherfucker. Why don't y'all stop acting like some fucking clowns? You know, you niggas show is silly. Now, you're standing here fighting, and we got over $300,000 of cold, hard, unmarked U.S. cash to split up five ways. Let me tell you something. Now, you make me lose count again, I'm gonna shoot me a motherfucker, and then we're gonna be splitting this thing up four ways, yeah? Man, I can't believe this. It's gonna burn all this shit. All this shit. And a nigga can't even find a job. Well, that's Uncle Sam for you, baby. Money to burn. Mm-hmm. That was there was, a, there, there was a time about five minutes where I had to preheat my oven to three fifty. <laughs> must have been it because it I, fucking takes forever to preheat an oven. Let me tell you what what, what I love about Chris Tucker. Like Ten minutes. Let me tell you what I love about Skip in this movie. Um, and it, and it goes directly with I think what the character's name, uh, uh, whatever whatever Bo Keen Woodbine's character's name is, like, oh, like DeAndre or something like that. Um, like the so you you get Chris Tucker's character Skip like. He's clearly not meant to have been drafted. He doesn't belong in Vietnam. Uh, he, he basically gets his superior killed, uh, and like he's and he's just and he's Cleon, oh, Cleon, yeah. yeah. And uh, and and he and 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 Skip, he he like copes with everything with drugs, and that's and he becomes a heroin addict because of it because of it. Cleon copes with like like for, you get the sense like he's a, a pastor's kid who's away from home for the first time and just like descends into evil basically and is chopping off heads and Cleon is just having like a terrible he's a terrible person but that moment at the end of the movie uh, and during the heist and I think this is such an important scene the fact that it's not just a black man that's the cop that comes up to Cleon and talks to him it's not it's it's a it's a fellow marine like this could have yeah. been any one of them and when skip shoots him in the back of the head like that like like it's full circle for skip like he like he not not, not, not he's so beyond redemption right and then cleon like you realize that cleon actually has changed as a person like he really has like he like he, he's genuinely sad and distraught that that the, the cop has been killed and again, like the, for like to have these character arcs and these side characters, like that's just like you don't need to do that in a movie. Most movies don't bother to do that with their side characters. Um, but here, it, it, to me, it's one of the most emotionally effective points in the whole movie. See, this is an interesting point I wanted to bring up too. Is that I find myself rooting for them in the bank heist when it goes down. For I the, knew you were going to say that. Yeah, for the truck, for the truck robbery. I'm like, I knew you were going to say that. How did you? Why? Know that? Why? Because. I want these. They're just gonna burn all this money, just like Kirby says. Like you're gonna burn it. Even, all okay, in. even after they blew away the first security guard that there was doing their anyway. job. You yeah, I don't have a high uh, uh, empathy level for like cops and guards. Human life. No, uh, <laughs> human life. As long as it's legitimate human life, you know, it depends. Not much. Which life a is cops, as Mr. White would say. Exactly. 
exactly exactly so no real people yeah so there you go there it is i go back to that okay so but they i also feel for these characters in in an unjust system where someone's got to lose because the system created it there's got to be winners and losers and that's the problem and that's why I got to pick a side. I'm forced to pick a side. Kirby, Kirby loses his job as he was like a butcher. What was he like a butcher's assistant? Uh, yeah. Seymour Castle shows up and like, hey, I'm going like to be in one scene seconds. and then I'm going to leave. And then like, how? By the way, you keep calling to... Kirby. It's Anthony. Anthony. Anthony Kirby. Yeah, yeah, that's his name. Anthony Kirby. Yeah. Anthony Black Curtis. Man. Yeah. Curtis. Oh, is Kirby, Kirby, Kirby is, is David is Keith yes. David's character. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. Oh, I, that's why um, I started that. I started that. My bad. My bad. I'm sorry. I, I got them. Loses his job as the butcher's assistant. Um, like how? Like how much do we have before he's like, well, guess I'm gonna have to pull a huge bank heist. I mean, uh, you turn to a life of crime. Are you willing to kill people? Well, Especially. And not even him, Delilah. Like, how did he convince this girl to just be like, I just, oh, she's been radicalized. She, she tells him, Welcome to the revolution. Yeah, she's ready yeah, for yeah. Something like that. She's ready to go. And like, let's bring okay. up, uh, you know, the other dude, the, the, what's, uh, Clifton Powell being the Cuddy? Cuddy. Now, Cuddy is this guy who has been taking care of Anthony's girl while he's been in Vietnam. Taking and care. Taking care of not just financially, <laughs> but, you know, he's like, He's fucking her. Suck he's, that dick. He's, he's obviously he's, right? he's yeah. been fucking her. Yeah, he's like, who do you think taught her to fuck like that? You know, like basically not pulling any punches. He tries to be nice, but Anthony's pride as a a man who feels like someone's encroaching on his mm-hmm. uh, that hurts him a little bit too. It's not yeah. just losing the job and all this stuff. We have to bring in that aspect of like, hey, this I'm a huge. man. I'm gonna take care of everything, and that leads him to get caught up with other people. Exactly. This is this is where he derails really. As a, as a human being is and that he cannot be accountable for the fact that he just abandoned them, his, his women. Yeah. He abandons both of them and just stumbles back in their life. Like, Oh, sheepishly like, Hey, I'm just showing up in your, in your living room unexpectedly one day. Sorry. I didn't write much or at all. Um, yeah. like, and, and then at and, all, yeah, at all. And for four years and she's happy to see him and she takes him back and she's like, this is great. And instead he's going to be bitter that, I mean, he told her when he left, find someone else. And like, and so for him, like, like this classic machismo, misogynistic bullshit. Like, uh, I'm I'm so wounded and hurt that this person lived a real life while I was absent from it entirely. No accountability, and, and he internalizes that to the point that he lets it ruin his relationship with her. He beats her and threatens her life over it. Here we are uh, again, two weeks in a row, a character with no accountability. How about that? Interesting. Just like right. Brad Pitt. Like, Funny, funny how that works, yeah. uh, but it's believable and it and it makes for his arc because like yeah, I mean like I agree that like the when they kind of decide like I kind of like had a moment where like did I miss something? Suddenly they're robbing a bank. It seems like they came to this conclusion pretty easily, but at the same time like uh, you had Freddie Rodriguez's character as a demolitions expert who was super. Uh, you get the sense, and he's like the least developed out of all of them, but you get the sense that he comes back rattled like he's just not quite the same like he's got this energy that's just like <laughs> too frantic and manic um yeah, he's so like he's to ready to blow too. things up oh is that why he's so manic yeah okay that makes sense yeah he's like <laughs> up. yeah yeah he's always yeah, he's those uppers doesn't help either but <laughs> he's coping he is coping too so i i, I did quick detour i i miss fred right i think fred rodriguez was a great actor a harsh mm-hmm. times six feet uh, under like where has that dude been I don't know, but Lorenz Tate's been on that movie, that TV show Power. So that's I haven't uh, seen him since Ray when he played Quincy Jones, and that was two thousand four. I I I don't know where I don't he's know. been. 
No. He's taking a nap. He was on the TV series Bull for four seasons. Uh, maybe he's got you know maybe he's a dad or something. He's gone to TV. He's got he's done a lot of TV. Ultimate Spider-Man, the TV series back oh, in 2015. Jesus. Anybody see that one? Missed it. No. Yeah. Well, he, uh, he was a uh, he was a sweet reactionary actor. While I was watching Menace to Society, which I had never seen before, gentlemen. You've I never seen keep, it. No, I had never seen it. I had it's to keep really, checking. It's good, huh? I think I had to check. I am. <laughs> I like Dead Presidents more, and I didn't really like Dead Presidents. But holy I keep, shit, man! I had to keep checking IMDb. Like, is this the same guy? Because he's fucking amazing in in Menace to Society, uh, and he's completely different in this. So that is a fine actor. I just have mm. to say, since we keep talking about Menace to Society, y'all want some burgers? They got cheese on them and shit. All right, we can move on. Now. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about the I'd seen, brothers. I had yeah, seen. Yeah. I'd seen a Don't Be a Menace to South Central so many times before yeah, I ever yeah. saw Menace to Society. Oh, you saw that before? You saw <laughs> Menace to Society? Yeah. Many, many times. Because I didn't see Menace to Society until like after 2000. And yeah. oh, no, I'm addicted really? to it. I've, I've seen that movie 87,000 times. How was I watching that all through high school and Dead Presidents? And you were watching Dead Presidents, but not Menace to Society. That's funny. That's very <laughs> <interesting. I laughs> Don't I just, drink your juice. I guess I wasn't <laughs> invited over. Maybe you had a special date that night. I, I we, we rented uh, some pornographic Not like Menace to Society for a date night. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, well. No, so okay, so that is important in the arc. The fact that he a lot he allows his pride, his manhood to also fuck him up. So it's not just everyone else's fault. He's responsible for his actions, and I'm empathetic to all human life. In the end, all jokes aside, I don't want anybody to be blown away. But I do believe this movie does a great job of showing the system and how fucked up the system is that we live in. And this is in the '60s and '70s. Well, here's the thing real quick with that. And, and yes, I 100%. I actually, so the, one of the only problems I had with the movies, I actually thought the Hughes brothers went a little light on the system. What the fuck? The, I actually thought the Hughes brothers. Are we, pool? Are we at Kirby's right now? <laughs> I thought that the, uh, I thought the Hughes brothers went a little light on the system. And, and that when Martin Sheen blows in at the end of the movie, which it's nice to oh, see him yeah. show up in the movie. I'm sorry, 15 years to life for being a cop killer. That's light yeah. as fuck, man. We got one, one sentence. <laughs> we got one one sentence. Uh, no, he got off pretty light, and and he feels wronged. That to me is also like I remember as a kid seeing this movie uh, and being like, "How tragic!" But like as an adult, I'm yeah. like, "Asshole, you're a cop killer. What the fuck do you think was gonna well, happen?" Do you, do you think the did the filmmakers think, want us to feel bad for Anthony? I mean. Not necessarily. They shoot it in a way that it's like a tragedy, but I'm like, this guy but fucked if, if Travis is, people. If Travis's point is they didn't focus enough on the system and its you know, failings, then I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think I think that the ending and like what they want you to get from it is pretty damn subjective. Like I could I could yeah. see someone like watching this movie and being like Curtis, excuse me, Anthony Curtis, like, you know, like he fought for his country and got totally wronged and hosed over, blah, blah, blah. And I could see other people, um, you know, like myself watching the movie and being like, this is someone like that, like, I mean, like, for instance, again, like the cop that they kill, he was in a similar situation and didn't go down that path. Like he, you know, presumably didn't murder people, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. um, 
I wish that we'd gotten some of the other, like, I wish that like, there's like a, there's a, the, another second in command. I think there's like other, other soldiers that they kind of address. Like for one, I don't understand going to the guy that chops off your chops off heads and be like, we need one more guy, but better get the guy that went, that uh, chopped off heads and bring him <laughs> on. That was a mistake. Cause he's the one that turns on them. I mean, like ultimately What's that psychopath. We can use him. <laughs> right. He's the one that ultimately tells on them all. Um, yeah, so true. that was, that was a mistake, but uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, well, I think Whatever. that the Vietnam War is being blamed by the directors. If they're looking for a culprit, they're trying to blame the war. If that would be my best guess based on the information we're presented with in the film, yeah. because there's not enough about the system itself. He talks about it's hard to get a job. OK, but they don't dive deep enough into that, like um, uh, assistant. I mean, Skip gets Skip's got it made. Skip talks about, hey, man, I got medical. And I got all these like benefits for life, so I'm all set. So in a sense, it sounds like Skip had it made, but he didn't get the the social services tools because they just had to cope with drugs, even though he had a, a financial stability created by his disability of the shit that got into him back there. I think maybe for me, it just maybe it just went a little too fast and I'm discrediting the script for the pace because you get like 30 seconds of the heist set up and then the heist happens, a bunch of people die and then he's in court and then it's over Maybe it was, it just felt a little bit rushed for me when I when I could have used a little bit meat because they set this up like a goddamn Michael Cimino rest in peace we love I love you <laughs> you are God uh, epic and then they, it just feels like they they rush it a little bit at the end they're stuffing so much in there and they never take the time to center just on one piece and like you said the justice system you could say so much he doesn't have uh, anyone representing him that can say this is a man who's who's far from kind of blah 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 he says his, it his attorney and, does say that exactly that yeah, okay yeah he was back in the oven after the preheat you got to come back for the post heat <laughs> oh, the DiGiorno. you 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 can't trust the, the, the time on the back of the box <laughs> yeah but what about the man needed more though if he did say it i need a little bit more more of an argument what about Watch Juanita and delilah like the women in this film seem to be like um Obviously, they're not given like the main role. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like Delilah's character could. I would like to have learned more about that experience. Um, you know, this woman, she's got a crush on this guy. That's all we know. She's got a crush on Anthony. He comes back from the war. Now she's revolutionized by the Black Panthers and the change with the, you know, the hatred of the war into the late sixties, early seventies, and. Uh, I'd be more interested in that story a little bit more, actually, to be honest with you. Yeah, I could have used a little bit more of Delilah as well. I would have liked, but what are they supposed to do? Like cut to this one character, like while yeah, he's in I Vietnam? Know. Like, like, uh, yeah. I, mean, I think I, that's I, the I, mess I, of this movie. What's messy. that? I think that's the mess of this movie. It's just a little too messy in the end. It probably, I get this feeling that there's maybe another 20 minutes or so that ended up on the cutting room floor that probably needed to be there. Um, in terms you. of in terms of Thank pacing you. and uh, just, just just pacing and like filling in some of the blanks, I think that that would have that would have really helped. Them. There you go. And I got oh, come on, guys. I got ADHD. You can't blame me. Yes, I missed uh, the lawyer. Yes, I missed that scene. <laughs> technically, I, it's technically, we need a little even, bit more. Fill it up. It's technically, Stretch not it even out. two hours. It's an hour and fifty nine minutes. Yeah. So easily, this, this could have been a two and a half hour but film. So and I would have that. There's so but, many things. It's so lofty. Stretch it out. It is doesn't very lofty. It, but doesn't it feel like uh, a little strange that it ends at a, an hour and 59? This was their second movie. Probably they still, 
and they never probably did get like 100% control of the film. I have a feeling there's probably a two hour and a half, two and a half hour, two and 20 minute cut or something out there that the studios yeah. were like, <laughs> yeah. no, we 24 year old filmmakers, you're not getting <laughs> right. final cut. We're chopping and, it down. Right. And Man's Society was good, but like, this is something else. This is not a gangster movie. This is, this is ambitious, like, um, storytelling like the cinema you yeah. know um and they and and i could imagine the studios kind of balking at, at going over two hours i was mm. gonna say i mean mm. uh, god do i bring this up or don't i the the themes in this and the potential you guys think they did a pretty good job i think they could have done a lot better i think that there's so there, there's a lot of characters in here and elements that could make for a, a excellent, a, even a great film. Uh, and you, do, when you talk about remakes, for me, my big problem with remakes is they keep remaking movies that are already really fucking good. I think you could make a, remake a movie like Dead Presidents and make it even better if you if we take some of these things that we're talking about as critical devices in mind. I'd rather I'd rather just see the director's cut. Uh huh. Well, gentlemen, I mean, we've covered a lot of detail in this film. I think it's almost come to that time. About that time. <gasps> oh, Cinema man. Nine podcast members. Need Cinema nine, 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 nine. Yeah, it's time for us. <laughs> Hello? Hi? I am the luckiest man in the world. world, world, world. Taco Bell? Anyways, <laughs> gentlemen, does this movie hold up? Oh boy! Uh, we'll let uh, I'll go last. Eric, I'll go last. You go last. Okay. You're, you're scared. Okay, no, I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. I want, all I want right. To end it on a high note. I want Let's you guys to get your due justice. I'm the holdout here. Um, we've got a cool. We got a cool opening credit sequence and a great score by Danny Elfman, which we didn't talk about. Boop, yeah, which boop, we didn't boop, talk boop, about, boop, boop, boop. and um, it's it's not like it's not classic Elfman. He doesn't have the big chorus. It's not all haunted and ghosts flying around. It's a really cool score. Yeah, that's what I liked about it. Um. Definitely we, sounds we, like Elfin still, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> a little, little outside of his comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. Still sounds like him. Yeah. We've got some great moments, and I, I, I feel bad because we're talking about uh, a pair of filmmakers that are 24. They're in a studio system that probably doesn't understand their viewpoint. Uh, you know that that are it's a sophomore effort. You know, and and I in a lot of ways I think they got screwed because I know there's a shitload of problems with uh th their next effort from the studio and and when you look at where they are now um i think they could have done a lot more um but it, in in my opinion you've got i might need to take a look another look at it because you know me you've got a lot of lofty themes and maybe too many in my opinion the filmmakers bite off more than they can chew they toss a lot of uh plot elements at you and for me, it's not enough. If you're going to go with an epic and tell me, like, he starts off here. He gets the girlfriend. He's about to go off to war. He goes off to war. He comes back, all the shit. And a heist. You need to put in more in there that I haven't seen before. Because a lot of this is familiar territory. There's great moments. There's appropriate homages to some some great filmmakers. Uh, but for me, it it just doesn't hold up. Uh, I, I'm I'm sorry. I, my ears are open. I'm hearing you guys. <laughs> um, you know, you're entitled to your opinion, Eric. I I don't know why you feel like you have to like you're doing something wrong and not conforming to ours. Like, <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? How dare my? How dare you? You sir are the one who is a peepee head. All right. <laughs>
anyways, sorry. Um, so my thoughts on this movie is that, are that uh, I am glad that you selected it because I I had been meaning to watch it for a while, and I, so I, I would have watched it again anyways. But I would I don't know that I would have paid as as close of his attention because I definitely you know pay close attention when it's the podcast movies and um the main thing again like these performances from terrence howard to lorenz tate and chris tucker uh just like all these different little roles that you get in this movie are really satisfying and again i've already made the point about the, the character arcs which i just love that in any film i think this is a really ambitious movie that has some missteps admittedly um, and, and not all of those, I think can be blamed solely on the, uh, and on the studio and, and the, and the edit and that kind of stuff. Like I was saying earlier, I mean, I think that's probably the majority of it. Um, but there, there are, there are, you know, they did spread themselves a little bit thin, uh, in some places. I, I do think that there's some cliched moments like, um, and the, in the beginning, I think it's really nice, but it does it kind of reminds me of a boy's life sometimes, or a, not a boy's life, uh, a Bronx um, tale. Bronx tale. Yeah. It reminds me of a Bronx tale a little bit sometimes. Um, so, so I think the movie's strongest in the fact, and in, in it's like when you when you look at it at a macro level, we look at the when you look at it in a whole, the, the the fact that it's hard to pigeonhole exactly. as a heist movie or a Vietnam movie, exactly, or you a, nailed a it, black movie or even a seventies movie because it starts in sixty nine. Like this is this is a this is a really um, <laughs> honest and and I think bold coming of age story that also deals with some pretty heavy racially charged um morality issues and accountability it. issues Preach. and <laughs> you're nailing it Preach. and, and so, so, I, so i i do think that like okay. while there are these missteps and like you have to kind of take account of those like they're you know some of them are quite glaring on the whole this movie absolutely holds up i think it's actually a pretty important film that not just has been somewhat forgotten but that i had kind of forgotten and uh and i'm glad that that you had me take another look at it again because i don't think it will be nearly as long before i watch it again mm. oh so did it hold up i said yes it holds up thanks for paying attention to the words i'm saying the fuck mike i was I saw you on your phone. Don't fuck with me. Yeah, that was a I wrong was number. I want you to no, vote you were for talking Trump. about the fact what this is like four different types of movies. And you can't pigeonhole. It's very difficult. It, it holds up. It holds up. I'll tell you this, gentlemen. Uh, <clears throat> I love Dead Presidents. Does it hold up as a film? It's really a tough call. And now I've been cast with like the deciding vote now. And now I feel like Eric Branch. That's the point. I feel pressure. I feel pressure. I don't feel uncomfortable at all, but... Uh, there's are there too many issues? There are a lot of issues, but there's not enough where I'm going to say it doesn't hold up. I'm going to say it does hold up because it's entertaining to me and I'm being biased. And you're asking each person their individual thoughts. Sure, we're supposed to be looking at this with a critical eye. Fair enough. And I have. I've made some critical points about it. But to me, I, I love this movie. It's... um fascinating it kind of drags in vietnam and it's weird and doesn't make sense and it's kind of cliched agreed but <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day i would love it. if someone's like hey we're gonna fire up dead presidents i'm like all right man i love these characters even though they're so fucked up you know kirby's entertaining and watching uh you know terrence howard come in and be an asshole man, i hate terrence howard this is the only Why, time i've ever liked him yeah, he's actually really good in this and i know you hate terrence care. howard that's a whole i do other... not care for that guy 
Oh, I but like he's really good in this. As I like him very much. Like, Even though I really like him as cowboy. He comes back from the war and still can't deal with the bully. Come on. Jesus he Christ. He beats the fuck oh, he, out of him. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, come on, dude. He wasn't he enough for an inch of his life. He literally almost How kills him. How many times Kirby did you go to the oven? Tell us the oh, truth. <laughs> <laughs> Were you eating the pizza? Was it so good that it distracted you? Mike, does it hold up? Does the movie hold yeah, up or not? This movie holds up. <laughs> I'm saying it holds up two to one. Sorry, Eric. Uh, it was a it's, I could have gone either way, to be honest with you, but I like it enough personally where I'm going to say it's in the can as a winner. So there you go, folks. Dead Presidents, 1995 Hughes Brothers film does hold up. Uh, it's not as good as Menace to Society. I will freely admit that, but it does hold up. So. I think that's probably true. I, I need to revisit that one. Yeah. Oh, OK, well, uh, this has uh, been our thoughts on Dead Presidents. Did you agree? Disagree? Let us know. Cinnamonidepod, ProtonMail.com, Cinnamonidepod on Instagram. You could DM us. You could DM us on Twitter. DM us anywhere, anytime. We love your feedback. We know you're out there, folks. You do listen to the show. There are people that exist. Derek, Derek, what <laughs> is the commentary? Brian, Brian, I know you're out there. Come on. Send us in. Brian gave me a suggestion of a movie we should do. But um, I'm not. In our, let's put it in our listener choice uh, rotation. Yeah. Well, he next week to too. I t- he wants to come on the show after Chad. So well, then, if it doesn't get picked, then he can choose that one when he comes on. That's true. That's why I'm not going to reveal it. I'm going to send us a picture of yourself hitting on your girlfriend's older sister. <laughs> oh, <laughs> send us a picture right, of well, yourself working as a butcher. Yeah, chop that meat, bloody meat. <laughs> All right, meat is murder. Don't forget that. All right, well, that's it. That does it. And before we go, I got to make a choice for next week's film. Mike, come on now. Don't forget Margot the Wedding Man. Do the right thing. Yeah, I'll never oh, yeah, forget Just do the right thing. Do the right thing. Uh, well, I made a promise on last week's show to oh, get yeah, out true. of the 90s. So oh, yeah. I really don't. Because there's actually some really great films that I want to do that are in the 90s. But I, I'm going to keep my promise. I'm going to take us out. There's always, a, I'm sure someone will bring us back to the 90s. Very I, I, had a, I had a dream last night, and I am going to make a premonition. I okay. know what you're going to pick. Really? Yes, I do. <laughs> I know all what you're the about movies, to pick. All the I movies, all the movies the that ever been made, I know what you're about to pick. We'll this, that's wow. Okay, Am well, I right? um, bold statement. I actually, I wanted to do a movie, but it came out last year. And could we do a does it hold oh. up if a movie came out a year ago? Oh, Jesus, I don't think. I mean, so. no. we call it does it hold up, but really we analyze the film regardless. So, um, I mean, you pick whatever movie you want. Like, I, I have one from 2014 that I've been weighing whether or not i'm going to bring it in because i feel like that's too too recent but you do whatever you want it's oh your choice. okay all right no i want to get your input that's why i ask these questions i'm going to bring it in eventually bit too so. soon i I'm, I'm going to veto this one i mean it's too soon so we just have like a five year five year more like five year minimum five, five years sounds good five years sounds good let's make a new okay. rule new rule five years new rule. because we got to okay. have some perspective otherwise we're not even asking if it holds up yep. we're just asking if it's good <laughs> exactly <laughs> There it is. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So, well, if that's the case, then I think it makes my choice pretty clear. I'm going to go with 2005. 2005? Yeah. All right. Fast and Furious? We do a Fast and Furious? I'm just kidding. I hate that. Party? I've I, have never no, seen, I have no idea what I've year that was. I've never seen one. I've never seen one. Happiness. No, nope. kidding. Please don't make. Uh, I've never seen one Fast and Furious movie ever, so I don't. Even, there's like eight. I watched half of one. one's pretty good. I watched first I half of the first one and couldn't get through it. And Vin Diesel's bad. had like a billion dollar career because of that franchise. 2005. So. What the fuck? All right, 2005. Uh, this is a movie I was big into. I know. I know. Oh, you got it. Die Hard Huckabees, right? 
No, that's please 2003. Don't, don't. That's, a great, that's a good uh, one. I would love to God. do that movie. Thank Shit, God. Okay, let me think about that one. The answer <laughs> is, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, everyone in between, <clears throat> we're going to do for next week 2005's Harsh Times. You actually mentioned oh, it earlier in the it. show, Eric. Yes, thank we're you. We're doing yep. it. We're going Harsh to time. 2005. Wait, was this what you thought it was going to be, Eric? Did you dream that it was going to no, be? No, I thought it was for sure it was going to be The Aviator. I had a dream last night. Oh, I'm I do so love excited. Red Rodriguez, Christian Bale. We're going to talk about David Ayer. This oh, is going to be yeah. fucking awesome. I've only seen this movie once when it came out. And, uh, Great. Uh, all right. It okay, Harsh Times. Well, that's good it's, uh, it, it sounds like something someone says when they're really stoned. Yeah, it sounds like a joke <laughs> that's been made way too many times. Yeah, it sounds harsh. like a Janisek thing. Yeah, you know, he he doesn't really smoke weed, but oh, maybe he does. I don't know. Yeah, I so uh, uh, yeah, uh, Christian Bale, Freddie Rodriguez, interesting film. Check it out. And if you want to tune in next week and follow along, check out Harsh Times. I don't harsh even know times. if it's streaming anywhere or not but i don't think so uh, we'll take care of it don't worry so tune in next week we'll talk about 2005's harsh times and uh for everybody here we appreciate you listening thanks for tuning in always a pleasure and we will catch you guys next week adios bye-bye Me.